Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One, the podcast where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a journalist delving into a tax scandal. This week I had comedian and political activist Tin and Duyeb. Enjoy. It's time for Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. My special guest is here, Tin and Duyeb. Hello. Hello. That's all you can hear so far. Let me tell you a little bit about him. First of all, he is a comedian, writer, political campaigner. He's also a celebrity tweeter. He was listed in the Observer's Top 50 Arts and Culture tweeters. Ooh, so I hope he's tweeted about the show. He has. Don't worry, we'll let him off. He hosts a weekly comedy podcast, Partly Political Broadcast, which dissects the previous week's political news stories. So I wonder what he'll think of our news stories this week. It's Tin and Duyeb. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. That was a very nice introduction. Oh, well, I didn't know I'd done half thank that you. stuff. <laughs> did I remind you? You did, you did. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Nice. Very good. I like the term celebrity tweeter. That's it's not I, really. It sounds very sophisticated. I just spend far too much time on there. That's what that means, isn't it? <laughs> it means I don't have a real social life. That's what that's. I love a bit of Twitter though. You can have a social life and do Twitter. Can I do you? it on the loo mostly. <laughs> Where do you enjoy tweeting? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question, isn't it? I wonder how many people tweet on the loo. So I, many. I just wonder if it changes the context of what they're saying if I know <laughs> that they've been writing it while on the loo. Well, maybe it would with, like, politicians. Yeah, <laughs> no, I really hope that isn't the case. I reckon, I reckon David Cameron loves a bit of flu tweeting. I bet, I bet he does. I mean, I'm still not sure he does his own tweets, to be honest. I yeah. think he's got a variety of uh, tweet slaves who just... Well, he's had a few mistakes on Twitter, hasn't he? So maybe mm. they just took it away from him. I, th- <laughs> I think that's probably quite wise, yeah. Took over. But we get it anyway. We're, we're getting political already. Look at you. What are you doing to me? Um, so what have you been up to this week? A uh, lot. Uh, it's been a busy week, actually. Oh, I'd, good. I'd sort of forgotten uh, what I've done, but I've, I've done. I've had loads of gigs, which have all been very nice, lovely. Uh, and I've also I've been a bit cultured. I went to the theatre on Tuesday. Stop it! What did you go to see? I know. Well, I went to see. Uh, this is this is how uncultured I really am, right? It was it was <laughs> Le Blanc at the National Theatre, which I oh. pronounced Les Blanks, and kept making jokes <laughs> in the foyer. Of, is he a seventies entertainer? Uh, no, it's yeah, a very serious like, play Matt? about racism. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Was it intense? It, yeah, it's, br- it's really good. I'd highly recommend it. Where's it on? Uh, the National Theatre. Uh, so there are some affordable tickets, <laughs> um, which is why I went. But it was uh, really, really powerful. Yeah, very, very good. Well, you are top 50 arts and culture tweeters, so I hope <laughs> you tweeted about that. To I did. To show how did. cultured you are. I tweeted about it a lot. So that is, I even <laughs> learned the names of one of the cast so I could put it in a tweet. <gasps> and now I feel really clever. I'll forget it in a couple <laughs> how of days. How did you, did you get a programme? I never. I don't think people get programmes in the theatre enough no. anymore. No, I don't. I no, don't get them anymore. Up. I got one recently. I went to see Vic and Bob a couple of months ago, and I had to get a programme for that because yeah. it was full of stupid drawings and things that made me laugh. But <laughs> programmes aren't that. You can you can Google who people are now. I know. You but know. do you remember back in the day? I I went to a theatre a lot when I was a kid. I don't know if mm. you did. And you'd always get the programme and then go through it. You know, in the interval and read everyone's descriptions yeah. of what they've been up to. Well, also they were really exciting. Like um, this uh, terrible uh, hashtag. Come brand coming up but like when because mm-hmm. I used to go theatre lots and I managed to get Kevin Spacey's autograph once uh, seeing him in a play and, and now because I got that in the programme but now what would I get him to sign my face or <laughs> you don't get someone to sign your phone I, do no you? I bit... think you just take an autograph book with you but who, do people still do that <laughs> Yes. Someone stopped me, a lovely man, hello, stopped me outside BBC London with two autograph books to get me to sign them. That's amazing. Why did he have two? One for his wife. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I said hello to both of them in paper format. That's very lovely. I wonder if she is bothered. Because, you know, because <laughs> if she is bothered, she'd carry it around herself. Yes. Yeah, may- yeah maybe. Do you still have the Kevin Spacey programme? I do, I do. It's, it, it is it is saved. So it's from the Iceman Cometh at Almeida Theatre and it oh, was amazing. Wow. Have you framed it or is it just in a drawer? No, it's, somewhere? it's in a box in my parents' attic. <laughs> so it's not even anywhere. It's not even in my flat. It's a. Are you a big totally theatre goer then? Uh, I, I wish I was. I, I used to be, and uh, I'm trying to force myself to uh, again. Uh, especially because sounds pleasant. Well, no, it's, it's, <laughs> do you know what it is? It's because like I think because with gigging, I've been I've been a professional comic now since 2007, and yeah. so I've had no social life and no evenings. And you forget that fun stuff happens in the evenings, like theatre, music, other and than comedy. That's it. And and I thought I should start watching stuff that isn't just other comedy. Um, and also, I forgot that there's matinees. You know, so I've been I've been going yes. to see loads of matinees in the afternoon, then gigging. At night, which is problematic, because on Tuesday I had to host a gig after watching three hours about uh, white colonialism of Africa and racism, and then I had to go, hey guys, fun! <laughs> and uh, that was perhaps not the best attitude to walk on stage. Yeah, I mean, strong afternoon. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Oh, I love it. Well, we're going to be talking more about comedy. I'm sorry, because you're really into theatre right now. And, and, and politics. <laughs> that makes me sound so awful, doesn't it? He's so into theatre right now. He's so into theatre right now. He's so dramatic. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad, because I need to go and see more theatre. I've been rubbish since I've started comedy, actually. But we'll talk about it in a minute, because first, we need a bit of Macy Gray. Sounds I try. Fine. I try to go to the theatre, Macy Gray. I try. Ladies, plus one. I'm here with Tian and Duyeb. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having We've me. We've been chatting all things theatre. We have, haven't we? Which I didn't fancy. expect with a comedian. Didn't you? And a political commentator. Is that, are we not meant to... No, you're allowed to like other things. Okay, well, that's You're good. a rounded human being, I yeah, hope. that's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am in more ways than one. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, first of all, we're going to do some quick-fire questions. Okay. Have you ever been in a quick-fire situation previously? I, I don't think so, not unless I've done something <laughs> terrible. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking more of being quickly that. fired at. No, that was... Okay. Uh, it's... What, by guns? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What I thought there was that might be funny to say it clearly didn't make sense. I, so I enjoyed it. Thanks, so I'm glad. glad. <laughs> Should we crack on? Yeah, let's, let's go for the question. Might be the safest. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Tin and Dieb, it's your quick fire round. City or countryside? Oh, oh no, city. Tea or coffee? Tea. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Pants or socks? Pants. Car or train? Car. Pen or pencil? Pen. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Oh, cupboard. Adventurous or cautious? Uh, oh, no. Uh, di- oh, quick, quick. Adventurous. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Kids or adult audience? Adult. Satirical or silly? Uh, satirical. In or out of Europe? Uh, in. Stand-up or acting? Uh, Stand-up. Beard or no beard? Oh, beard. You passed. Phew. That was tough. <laughs> there were a few there that... Uh, Difficult. Yeah, because, the, you know, there's certain circumstances under where one is actually better than the other. So why did you pause over adventurous or cautious? Because I'm... Because I think there's things I'm really cautious about. Like, I, I can't... I'm rubbish at any kind of extreme sports slash, you know, throwing a diving off a cliff or any of that kind of... I'm, I'm terrible at that and I'm yeah, terrified. But if it's, like, adventurous with uh, suddenly getting up in front of 7,000 people to do a bit of new material, you know, I will, I will <laughs> happily throw myself to the wind when it's within things that I enjoy yeah. Uh, and I like going and exploring and I love uh, on holidays I like walking and finding stuff and discovering things you know I like those sort of holidays rather than just lying still on a beach so So you're an adventurer an adventurer rather than 
Yeah, rather, but I, but I'm, yeah. As I said, I'm still a terrified sort of scaredy cat, <laughs> and I, I won't do anything that looks like it could result in injury. So your real answer to that was in certain circumstances. Yes, basically. Both. That's Lovely. it. That's it. Well, that's that's the same with the kids and adult audiences because there are times kids' audiences are better than adult audiences, and there are times that adult audiences are better. You know, it just it depends on sugar uh, intake of the kids and alcohol intake of the adults. <laughs> so sugar intake of the adults as well. In yes. fact, it's all sugar's fault, basically. Okay, we'll blame it. Yeah, Jamie Oliver doing a good job ridding yeah. the world of sugar. I really wish it wasn't him, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said this breastfeeding thing now. Have you oh, heard I didn't this? even hear that. He said that all women should breastfeed. Right their babies because he obviously knows yeah he definitely knows no yeah. obviously dads get very involved in bringing up their kids but I just feel like maybe if his wife came out and said it yeah it I also feel different. like Jamie Oliver's made a lot of decisions about how people should live their lives <laughs> and then uh, do you know this is but um, some of them have been really good like his school dinners campaign did yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of good yeah and he did was it 15 minute meals so I mean really tiny <laughs> really tiny meals tiny, so it's a good thing. tiny, yeah. tiny meals <laughs> For the kids at the yeah, school. <laughs> you can have one carrot. <laughs> or just one chip. One chip. They'd wow. probably still like that. Um, so we have a few more questions now that we ask everyone. Okay. Because I like to see so everyone's So you're trying responses. to make me not feel special, is that what you're saying? No, but I just... <laughs> but you have more time with these. Okay, that's good. Because there's quite broad questions. Okay. Um, what's your biggest guilty pleasure? Oh, uh... Oh, you've suddenly got really serious face. Yeah, that is, is it because um, I'm trying to work it. I mean, there's definitely food things. I'm 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 a, I'm a type one diabetic, and I've had been since I was four, and yet I can't get enough of chocolate. I was going to say so, like not terrible, chocolate. Then. Well, but that's the problem. Is it is it, I like I. And I'm trying to be really healthy at the moment. I'm trying to, um, you know, get a bit healthier. But I still, if there's chocolate around, I have absolutely no willpower. I will just eat it. So how it do you just... cope with that, with your diabetes? Well, I, I just do a lot of insulin uh, to okay. deal with it. Great. So, but the terrible thing, I've got my, my brother's not diabetic. He's not that bothered about chocolate whatsoever. And it's it's really unfair how the genetics have worked in that situation. <laughs> so it's probably, it's probably chocolate. I'm just imagining you now in a sort of platoon-like situation, covered in chocolate all over your face, going, why? <laughs> On your knees. Yeah, that's Has that's that ever happened? happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> good. What's the most recent lie you've told? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, oh, hang on. It depends uh, if a promoter is listening to this or not. But I did cancel a gig recently <laughs> pretending I had something else on when really I just, I didn't want to drive there. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. That is very often the answer of many comedians. Yeah. It's, well, getting it's, out of a gig. We're quite good at those little, you know, or, or lots of comedians often go, oh, I'm round the corner. And well, that means they're half an hour away, stuck in traffic, and they're not going to get there before the gig starts. Yeah. There's lots of typical comedian lies. And I think they, and, and in fact, I, you know, I bend the truth on stage a few times to make things funnier. Otherwise, <laughs> my, my life is not that exciting. If you didn't do that every now and then... I know, because be you know some comedians only talk about things that have actually happened to mm. them and it's all very real and true. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite flowery with the truth, let's right. say. Are you? Well, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I think I, I try and make sure it's always based in truth. But oh, sometimes I steal other people's stories and tell them. Oh wow! Well. Oh no, that's terrible. You're a terrible <laughs> human being. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's don't really believe awful. anything I say on stage. <laughs> I don't do that. At least it's 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 stuff that's happened to me or that I know it's happened. But I will. I, m- I might just extend it a bit. 
for the sake of humour. Is it we, we're entertainers, we're not truth sayers. Well, exactly. You know. And I can entertain with someone else's story that I pass off well, as my own. It totally depends on I've you. I've asked I mean, their permission. Okay, that's all right. That's fine. Sometimes. <laughs> um, any secret habits or talents? Uh, oh, that's interesting. I'm all right at drawing. I, I think uh, I had a, I had a, a, what do you call it, a fork in the road when I was a kid. I really wanted to either do acting and, and drama, which ended up becoming stand-up, or I really wanted to do art. And so I love sketching and drawing and things. I just don't ever spend enough time oh, doing wow. it, which makes me sad. Because we had Joe Bohr on the show last week, oh, yeah. who does um, caricatures of comedians does and he? is a comedian himself. I had no idea he did that. You two can like get together and have chats about drawing and comedy. Draw th- we could just draw each other for hours and not speak. That's what he does. He does YouTube videos where he interviews comedians and draws them. That's brilliant. I haven't completely missed that somehow. Yes. I really like Joe. Uh, I've somehow not seen it. Well, he'll be very pleased to hear that yeah. we're talking about him on another show. Yeah, he's, not. <laughs> he's got it too. <laughs> Also, drawing. We might have to get you to draw something. What makes you angry? Oh, there's loads. Oh, there's loads of things. Other, lots of other people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in fact, any in particular? Well, that's the thing. Is there's loads, and and I think part of the reason why I sort of yak on about politics at the moment is because um, a lot of politicians make me incredibly angry. But let's be fair. A lot of people make me very angry all the time. <laughs> people that just, you know, this is a thing that I've been going on about. It's so petty, but. I travel on tubes and trains a lot and it's people that stand and collate at the bottoms of staircases yes. or at the top staircases. You just think, you're not meant to be there. This is, stairs have a reason and a purpose like for, for getting to places. <laughs> you're not meant to stand. And people drive me insane. I think it's, I think it's people that are insensitive or to other people or don't care about other people's needs and space. And I suppose that's why politicians really annoy me because they seem to really not care <laughs> about a lot of what people need. And they sh- should be and the ones should. who are caring. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And finally, the one thing you couldn't live without. Oh, that's tough. Uh, uh, hmm. Uh, should I say my girlfriend and getting her good books? Oh, that um, is so good. It's probably actually my iPhone, though. Okay. Um, well. yeah. <laughs> um, I hope she's not listening. Yeah. Well, actually, to be fair, being diabetic is my insulin. Uh, I yes. genuinely couldn't live without it. Fact. Yeah, actual fact. Bringing some truth. Like, I didn't even change that one for comedy purposes. <laughs> but it was still amusing. Is it? Can you laugh at that? Yeah, I mean, it probably should. It's more funny. Do you do I've, jokes about being diabetic? I did. I've got a bit bored of them now. But then, then sometimes, cool, like I've, I've got a diabetic pump now, which is really cool. It's sort of attached to me, and it looks like a. It just looks really cool. And uh, at, at airport security, it's a bit dodgy because it's a little thing in my pocket that's got a battery and liquid in it, and it's attached by a wire. Oh dear. And yeah, so I've had some interesting. <laughs> Airport moments, which you know you have to talk about in comedy because airports you have and to. diabetes you have equals to. hilarity. Definitely. Phase plus one. Hoxton Radio. That is right. My special guest is here. Hello, I'm still here. Yep. <laughs> He's still here. Tin and t- <laughs> that was good. That's not. That's bad. your name. Yeah. So Tin and Do Yep. He's here. Um, we've had some lovely tweets. Hello to Dave, who is currently tweeting on the toilet. You're right. <laughs> um, he says, he said to Tinan, if you pause over adventurous or cautious, you've answered the bloody question. Yeah, it's a fair point, isn't it? It's a fair point. <laughs> thanks for that, Dave. Also, uh, lovely Matt, thanks for your tweet. He's asked, why are you so sexy? So, it's due to a lot of hard work and protein. <laughs> Uh, that's what it is. Oh, protein. <laughs> yeah. Love a bit of protein. Do you, do you use protein shakes? No, I don't. I can't imagine what I'd look like if I did. I think I'd be a ball of a man. <sighs> well, the protein's really good for you. I, apparently... Yeah, but only if you exercise with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I don't... I like... I'm really good at sitting. Okay, good. I could do extreme that's sitting. That's a sport. Yeah. 
I reckon I could do sitting for charity. <laughs> I don't I know if anyone's ever asked me to. A sponsored sit. Yeah, I'd do that. No, because that could be quite dangerous. You could get sores if you sat oh, for a really oh, long yeah. time. Would you be? Oh, I suppose you'd have to for charity just stay in the same position. You'd be able to move to lying down for a bit, or I don't <laughs> no. know if I, I might back out of this. If it's sponsored. Sounds hard, I thought, come on, yeah. you need to try hard. Also, hello to the lovely Alan and Sheila who are moving house this week. That's exciting. Very exciting. Good luck with that. Get all the boxes ready. You can get free boxes from the supermarket, apparently. That is a good tip. Top tip. <laughs> Make sure they're empty ones, otherwise you can get in trouble. Yeah, don't. Yeah, if they've got food in them, do pay for that first. Yep. Now. This is interview proper. Right. How do you feel? I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> what I like is I, I think it's been quite a proper interview so far. I don't want you to do no. yourself down. No. I don't want you to demean the earlier parts of the interview by oh. saying they weren't proper. I, well, this is going to be proper. I'm going to speak in a proper voice. Oh, right. Tiernan. That's very RP, isn't it? Yeah. You were brought up in North London. How was that? <laughs> well, that was um, quite all right. Uh, <laughs> It's not a proper North London accent. So, no, you're London-born and bred. I am, I'm a proper one. But then you studied drama. Yeah, which, I mean, it's, that's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? <laughs> Studying drama. I feel like we're quite similar. I am London-born and bred and I studied drama, but I went to Exeter to study drama. Oh, OK. I went there and they didn't let me in. Well, oh. I, I went for the, the interview thing and they, yes. didn't, they didn't let me in. Well... I so got you've, in. you've done. You're better than me. You've yeah. done very well. But you went to Kent, and I yeah. love Kent. My parents live in Kent. It was good. It was a really good year. Well, Kent's the reason I do stand up because, uh, as part of the drama course, they did a stand up course taught by uh, Doctor Oliver Double, who's a doctor of comedy, and uh, I know which is awesome, what? isn't it? It sort of sounds brilliant and also completely not proper. <laughs> in is any he way. like a professor? Yeah, yeah, in, in comedy. And he has doctor in front of his name. Yeah. That's amazing. He's written loads of books and they have the stand-up comedy archive at Kent University and things of wow. lots of uh, really interesting artefacts from all the history of UK comedy and music hall and stuff. It's really good. Really That's awesome because obviously I was going to ask you how you got into a comedy, but it was through your drama degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally cheated. Like Some people have done, <laughs> you know, they had a really exciting moment. They've got, I've got to do comedy. Whereas I went, oh, this course looks fun and then I did it and went oh this is the best thing I've ever done uh, so I mean ad- admittedly I still had to do I left uni and still had to do tons of work to make you know make any yeah. jokes funny uh, I think it, it took me a good couple of years but what an amazing place to kind of try it out in at uni when you can still sort of learn and get things wrong rather than doing it in front of huge audiences yeah and, and you've got a supportive crowd who are all your mates and other students who are excited that their friends are doing stand up you know so that was nice I, I think um just to play devil's advocate, the only downside was I did leave uni and my first stand-up gigs were all hilarious student jokes. <laughs> and the audience looked at me like, no, no, we don't, don't. think any of this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that... So it was a, a module that you could pick. It was a, it was a final year course because the Kent Uni course was four years. Yeah. Um, because we were so scared of real life. And, <laughs> uh, and the final year people specialised. So some did radio production and some did directing and some did set design or devising performance. And there was a stand-up course that was a year and uh, it started with you having to do 10 minutes of new material every week for eight weeks uh, and wow. do a show in, in one of the university bars. And then you had to do a half an hour set in a place, in, in, in a pub in Kent. And then you had to do a sort of piece around a specific theme that was about uh, 40 minutes long so you, you, it really made you work very very hard God, and you had to like try and get four um, years of stand up in the real world all in the year yeah absolutely yeah and, and, and part of the course was to go and get gigs around the rest of the country and, and report back on them so it sort of gave you a real head start into working out how it all worked wow so what do you think you learn on the uni course 
Um, I and think, what do you think you failed at and then learned about in real life? Oh, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I think one of the best things, one of the things that Ollie Double is very good at, in particular as a teacher, is he's really good at going, this is you. This, this bit that you're talking about, that's very you, and we can feel like that's genuine, uh, and that's something that people are interested in. He was very good at kind of working out what you should maybe focus on more uh, and what elements of your personality work really well on stage and things like that. Oh, good. Um, I definitely failed at... I've got a very... uh, I don't think I'm quite attention deficit, but I I get bored of material very quickly. Yeah. So what other people on my course learnt was that they'd write one really good bit and do it again and again and again until it was brilliant, whereas I'd keep throwing stuff out, doing something brand new that would then completely fail <laughs> and, uh, and then throwing that out and trying something else and it's adventurous it's me... see yeah yeah I suppose so <laughs> I suppose it, well now I'm a lot more cautious about that I've definitely learned so um, so do you still write all the time or do you have to be strict with yourself and say no okay I'm going to stick with this bit and I'm going to work on it and work on it and work on it like with an Edinburgh show how do you work that uh, yeah, well, I, if I write an Edinburgh show, I write in it. You know, I don't change it. I'll try and add, if because uh, if you've done Edinburgh before. No, this oh, is my first. Done, okay. Well, I've done it before, but this is my first hour this right, year. Right, okay, okay, uh, wow. So so the, the thing, I always think the most important advice, not that you necessarily need it. No, these is, are top tips for me. It's, this is... it's really your, your mental health. You need to be careful. You're doing the same words in the same room every day at the same time. Yeah. You go a little bit crazy. Okay. Because, you know, it's a bit sort of cabin fever, you know, uh, yeah. and... and um, and while the audiences are always a bit different, but like I always find it helps for me to just do a different line somewhere or slightly change the wording of a bit somewhere or throw in something from that day's news or just something to keep me, you know, sane. aware. Yeah, keep me sane <laughs> and aware that it's a different day and a different crowd. Comment on the weather, even if it's something like comment on the weather or what someone's wearing in the audience or just go, right, it's a different, it's not yesterday again. This isn't Groundhog Day for a month, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's useful. Um, but I still, I still churn over, like, uh, it's sort of, uh, I know you'll ask me that in a bit, but like, while I'm doing a podcast, I'm churning out about 20, 30 minutes of material for it every week, which is stupid of me, and I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> because because I, I like it, I like writing. It's, well, I was going to say, did that sort of process at uni, you having to write, like, 10 minutes, I think you said a week, yeah. did that get you into writing all the time? Because a lot of comedians sometimes find that difficult, is the new material, and, and keep writing, and not sticking to the old stuff which you know people will laugh at I think it definitely was part of it I mean because when I did the course as well it wasn't that popular I think there were seven of us on it and now in I I hear now years later that the course has got like 20 odd students so they don't have to write new material every week (laughs) because they only put a few of them on a show each week so they get away with it they're so lucky um so I think that is definitely part of it. But I, I still like, uh, I'm doing a gig tonight, I'm pretty sure I'll do a mix of some stuff I've written this week, some stuff from the last two Edinburgh shows, you know. So will you do new material almost every gig? I'll do a little bit. Well, like, because... Oh, wow. Well, like, because this week, so, for example, this week the, the Panama Papers story has come out and yeah. I immediately wrote a couple of bits about it and so I've done those at all my gigs this week. So do you think do you think that is also because of the sort of material that you write because it's quite political and based in the news and what's going on now it kind of has to be current yeah, it does. I mean, that's that's the down the, the upside and the downside of writing anything <laughs> political and topical is that it changes every two minutes, so you have to keep on top of it. Um, but, I mean, also, let's not sort of uh, pretend that I'm better at this than I am, but I've always got a, a, my normally my finishing bit, my last bit will be something old that yeah. I know is a real good bit to end a set on. 
because uh, I just can't come up with those. It's really hard to come up with a really good, brilliant end bit every week. You yeah, know, you yeah. Can't. If someone could do that, they are incredible. <laughs> They're winning. They are absolutely winning. Yeah, definitely. So how did you get into the kind of political, topical vein of comedy? Was that from when you were at university or is that something that's developed? No, that's much later. My, my old stuff was all really silly. It was all like, like one of my earliest lines uh, that I still sometimes use is uh, that uh, people should think about the fact that Lionel Richie is both rich and looks like a lion. Um, and that was that was <laughs> that's what my I'm kind of joke. Yeah, so that's what I used to do, and, and I still do some silly stuff. But um, I think partly uh, I went to see Mark Thomas quite some years ago and thought his show was amazing. And afterwards, I got him to sign my book, and uh, I was talking to him, and I said, "I'm a stand-up, and you know, I find your stuff inspirational." He said, "Oh, do you ever fancy a cup of tea and a chat about it all?" And he gave me his email, and amazing. we met up, and then he just talked to me about it, and I suddenly went oh wow like you can totally do what he does and and uh, he was very inspirational really talking to me um, and I think doing shows with people like Josie Long as well yeah. was very inspirational um, I went to um, secondary school with her did you? yeah she was wow. in the year above I think she was two years above right so I was just like, oh, look, that cool girl, two years above. That's very cool. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good kind of name drop for school. Like, for you school. school with Our school was quite cool. Really? Yeah, there's, quite some, there's someone from EastEnders, someone from one of the Harry Potter movies. That and is me. pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> and me. I should say, did Mark Thomas sign the same book as Kevin Spacey signed? No, Do wouldn't that be one amazing? Book? I just have one, and it'd be weird. It's it's, a, it's from Kevin Spacey's play, and <laughs> yes. I just get everyone else to sign it. Pretend you're in the background, <laughs> and I just uh, I didn't uh, know who was in it. <laughs> yeah, that would be brilliant. Wouldn't it just confuse confuse all the uh, kind of like, theatrical what? people for years to come. I love um, it. Yeah. So, um, so the podcast. Please tell us about this. Uh, I will gladly do it because this is all I'm boring people with at the moment. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a weekly podcast called the Partly Political Broadcast, and uh, it's some satirical material uh, about sort of the week before's politics. And it's also every week I'm interviewing someone who genuinely knows stuff. So, for example, this week's is for someone from the Living Wage Foundation who's discussing that the new national living wage isn't really a national living wage uh, and giving <laughs> us lots of facts and information on it. Um, and I've had a junior doctor on there talking about the contract and. Um, uh, a lawyer who specialises in in tax cases and is very anti-tax avoidance talking about that and so I'm trying to get people that actually can explain things with you know past the headlines yeah. each week um, and then I put jokes all around that so it's fun Lovely. not just depressing informative and funny yeah that's the aim that's yeah. what we like and where can people get this uh, on the iTunes and on my website and I mean every, I've put it everywhere I'm just okay. I'm gonna, wherever you look it's going to be great there. so on Twitter you are uh, at Tin and Duyeb, uh, or the podcast has its own one, which I don't know why, it's just taking up more of my time. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, at Parpol Bro, because it's partly political broadcast. So Brilliant. Well, in a minute, we're going to find out all about comedy for kids, because I'd love to hear more about that. Baines Plus One, Hoxton Radio. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and my special guest, Tin and Duyeb, who also creates the Partly Political Broadcast on iTunes. Hello. Hello. Now, we must talk about Comedy Club for Kids. If you want to follow it on Twitter, it's at Comedy Club, the number four kids. That's correct. Tell us all about this. Uh, it's, it's basically, it is what it says on the tin. It's, it's a comedy <laughs> club. Uh, it's just, it's for uh, children of age six plus and, and families. And uh, we get comics from the, the adult circuit and they all do child-friendly, family-friendly material. And so it's how bonkers. did it come about? Uh, it was created by a comedian called James Campbell. Uh, originally, he did it um, ten years ago this year. And uh, he... Um, 
he just sort of thought it was unfair that considering children like to laugh a lot that they don't get stand-up comedy for them um, and he ran it for a few years he's now gone on to do solo projects and we've taken it over from him myself and Isabella Mel who I run it with and uh, we now do shows all up and down the country and we get all sorts of acts from uh, from Mark Thomas to Adam Hills to Sarah Pascoe to Mitch Ben to you know all these people come and do it for us and uh, do kid friendly stuff awesome so and and what what do you think is there a specific type of material that works best for kids you know if a if a comedian was up for doing some for comedy at one of your clubs or do you tell them just to do what they normally do with uh, no swear words yeah well it, it kind of depends because some acts do what they normally do like um tom, tom allen you know tom allen yeah brilliant. yeah and he does pretty much his normal set without swearing because his set's about his school days and being a kid and kids okay. have that in their reference points you know they love it um, and then we have other acts like for example James Acaster who always improvises with the kids so they can help him write a letter to his parents which often goes <laughs> horrifically wrong and is full of mean insults um, you are a poo poo head etc etc <laughs> yes um, of course so everyone kind of has their own thing I, I think as long as you have stuff that kids can understand they're really you're so smart they're so intelligent they know loads of stuff but you know we did once have an act who will remain nameless a few years ago just suddenly came on and started talking about the financial crisis and all the kids went oh I'm bored because they don't care yeah that's a strange bit of material to choose to talk to kids absolutely does it tend to be more interactive yes definitely definitely but that's I mean that's partly because kids have no fear of speaking out loud they yeah. don't think you know I, I, we were in Greenwich last week and I said to the audience how many of you are green witches because I'm an idiot and they all <laughs> cheered and one boy cheered him sick and I said oh what's your green witch powers and he said I do toxic farts <laughs> and, he, and his mum looked so embarrassed but the kid was so proud that's he great. was so proud of that. I love that. Yeah, I'd love brilliant. that heckle at a gig. Absolutely. It's so much more interesting than adults. That's that's when it's great. Kids' heckles are better. Always better. Oh, I'm going to have to check this out. It's at Comedy Club, the number four kids on Twitter. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It's me, Samantha Baines, with Tin and Duya, brilliant comedian and podcast owner. Oh, do I, I own them. <laughs> you that's, own it. Oh, I suppose I do, don't you I? You do. Never about that. You create it. That's more partly concert, political isn't it? broadcast yeah. <laughs> podcast. Um, now, Tinan, you get to interview me. That's exciting. So, and, and I can ask you any questions. <laughs> you can ask me anything. You, I might not answer it. I mean, depending oh, on the question, enough. but okay. you can ask me anything you like. Well, let's. Uh, all right. Um, I've been having to think about a few. What are your thoughts on spiders? Spiders. Yeah. I kind of think they're all right. I used to be scared. I don't like really big ones. I right. hate daddy long legs. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, are they, because are they spiders? They're not, they're, they're crane flies, aren't they? Is I that what they're called? Well, they look like a spider, don't they? And yeah. they fly, which is worse. Oh, it's horrible. They have the legs and the wings. Yeah. Do you know a weird thing? They're really venomous, but they haven't got any fangs. So they're just full of venom. Daddy long legs? Yeah. <gasps> but they can't bite you because they've got no fangs. So they're really, they're, not only are they horrible, they're pointless as well. I'm going to be more scared of them now that I know they're filled with venom. But they're not going to gum you to death. <laughs> Do they have gum? I don't even know if they probably don't have we gums. We don't know. No. Um, no, I think, well, living in London, we don't get as many creepy crawlies as you would maybe if you lived in Australia, for That's example. That's true. That's true. Or I always, always think, like, in New York, they get cockroaches and stuff, don't they? Yes. I once went on holiday to Spain and the house was full of cockroaches and it was the most disgusting thing ever. That is really Like that saying. men in black thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that is really grim. So, spiders, you're, you're all right with? I'm okay. I mean, I once had... 
Oh, I went to Benicassim, the, the music festival, and I once had what we called a crab baby, which was a tiny spider on my face. And my friend said to me, don't move. It's on your face, which is the scariest thing you could ever hear. That's horrific. And I was like, what is? And she was like, a tiny crab baby. That is really horrible. That is really horrible. So I stayed really still, and then she smacked me in the face and got rid of it. <laughs> That's nice. Are you sure there was one there? She didn't just I'm want to hit sure. you? I'm not sure. I'm not. No, there was, because then it like hit the corner of the tent, and then we were like screaming oh uh, that is horrible so if it's on me that's not good if it's kind of over in a corner i'm all right with it i'll just keep an eye on it that is fair enough that's like my mum lives in kent where you went to university oh, yeah. and there's always lots of spiders in her bathroom so i'll just clock the spider and just pee very cautiously yeah with eyes on the spider so it doesn't matter. I think that's sensible. I, I don't I don't trust people that are fully okay with spiders. I think it's fine not to be scared <laughs> of them, but that, I wouldn't trust them because nothing should have that many legs or eyes. That's Yeah. You know, give some legs to a worm, guys, or something like that. And I just I feel that they're distrustful. Okay. Um good, good answer. I respect that answer. Thank you. Um what's been your best bit of uh, social interaction in the last uh, couple of weeks? Wow. Yeah. Best bit. Yeah, what's been like your favourite word? I mean, if oh, you want, I'll give you an example if you're, okay, if you're stuck. Okay, please do. I, I went to a, a, a cafe on a Sunday for, for breakfast. My friends had booked, and they booked it ages ago because it's like a popular one. And there was a long queue, and we got to walk in, and people wouldn't get out of my way. So I kept saying, excuse me, excuse me, they wouldn't. So I just pushed past, and then this woman got really angry, and I was like, yeah, nailed this social interaction. <laughs> I, I felt proud of that because, yeah. Okay, that's a good bit of social interaction. Well, I was at the Soho Theatre yesterday in lovely Soho and I was in the toilet and a woman was changing her shoes and I said, oh, great shoes. Nice. And she looked up and went, thanks, and then looked like she hated me and didn't want to talk to me. But then she told me where they were from, which is the classic woman thing nice, to do. Nice, nice. And told me how much they were without looking at me, still tying up the shoe. It was kind of creepy. That is I creepy. kind of thought, this might be nice. Like, we might have a lovely conversation. I might make a friend at the Soho Theatre. No, she just creepily told me where she'd bought her shoes while staring at the floor and tying up her shoelaces without even looking at them. That's quite amazing. I wonder if she does that often, even if people aren't there. <laughs> it's like an automated response. These shoes are from scary <laughs> that is scary just out of interest so do, 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 do women often change their shoes in the bathroom yes we do sometimes like if you have to walk if especially if you need you're going to put on heels if yeah. you have to walk a long way we'll wear flat shoes and we'll bring heels in the bag and right. then we'll pop into the loo and swap the shoes over but isn't the loo floor a bit disgusting to walk around with no shoes on you don't walk around you right, just you rest just, your you, foot right. in between okay, there's, shoes there's probably a whole skill here that I've <laughs> never really had to it's very useful because then you can be comfortable on the way there and mm-hmm. snazzy when you arrive right, that is that is good that is good that, top, that should be on a badge That's, yeah <laughs> Bane's top tips being a lady yeah. <laughs> or a gentleman if you like high heels yeah yeah or if why, you like smart shoes you know why you might not? want to wear trainers on the way there and then change to a lovely brogue or something these are good these are very good what shoes have you got on today? i've got trainers i wear trainers for pretty much every occasion <laughs> that i can get away with it's a comedian staple isn't it yeah sorry i'm interviewing no, you yeah, again no, you're i not can't help do that. it you're sorry not meant to do that. one um, more question oh one more question um oh okay oh this is tough i had I had two i was gonna well, I'll tell you what, let me, let me, I'll give you a question, asking you what question you prefer. Okay. Do you want a question about your favourite type of cheese or what you're most looking forward to in the next few months? That's the areas that I'm going for. Cheese mm, or things you're looking forward to? My favourite type of cheese. All right, what is it? Well, 
that was the question, so you can't ask me now. Oh, no. Here's some Aretha Franklin. Bains Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It is time for the news, Tin and Duyeb. How do you feel? You love the news. I love the news. This is your thing. Yeah, it's better than the old. <laughs> uh, okay, we go for yeah, the Should headlines? we have the headlines, please? Okay, headlines. Chimpanzees turn to religion. Sex toy causes bomb scare. Thieves caught after posing for selfies with loot. And pastor selling photos from trip to heaven. Those are the headlines. Thank you, that was brilliant headline action. I got excited voice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and those are our headlines. Now, I'm sure this is not what you normally talk about on stage when you talk about the news. No, I sort of wonder sort of if caliber. I should, though. These stories are great. <laughs> well, this is the, the sort of Baines news. This is the news I enjoy. So let's have a look. First of all, we've got chimpanzees turned to religion. I quite like... I think this is amazing. Right, so scientists working in uh, with West African chimpanzees have captured the animals on camera, partaking in very unusual rituals. So they involve um, a collection of stones, throwing objects at trees, which sounds quite strange. But um, a scientist in Berlin says she's never seen anything like it, and the videos gave her shivers. And the reason for this is they're quite spiritual practices that indigenous West African people also partake in and they've they're leading these scientists to believe that chimpanzees are partaking in religion and might believe in God what do you think well, so throwing stones at trees is a religious yeah. activity yeah yeah apparently that would make religion far more fun <laughs> wouldn't it what are you doing on Sunday I'm going to throw some stones at trees well also they, apparently they've like piled these stones up and made sort of collections of stones which obviously we do Stonehenge and things like that but is it I mean but is this religion or is it because they don't have Lego <laughs> because you know I mean like what else are they going to do coloured stones they, I mean yeah like. they might be really bored so they're just piling stones up well I like to think that they're incredibly intelligent and they're way more intelligent than us and they know more about us and the world that we live in than we do and they just think I oh, want to I believe I can't be bothered with the internet I'm going to throw some <laughs> stones at trees for, for a god for a god do you think that they might believe in religion or do you just think they need some lego I don't know I mean yeah I, I like the idea that they believe in some sort of giant monkey god yeah I mean I'd get would on would it be a monkey that. though oh that's a point well actually they're chimps it'd be an ape wouldn't it yes. before everyone tweets me <laughs> telling me how wrong I am um would it be a giant ape god? I hope it is. Oh, well, what else would they... What, a giant, they might worship a giant tree. Well, maybe, but but maybe this makes us think about what what God is. That's true. Is it... Oh, we wow, might worship really it deep. as a human, they might worship it as a monkey. Maybe it's a cross-human chimpanzee. A cross-human monkey, Planet of the Apes style. The fish that lives in a tree. <laughs> I want to believe that they believe in some omnipresent thing and they're throwing rocks for it. Right, okay, chimpanzees or something. Yeah. Chimpanzees! Yeah. Well, no, that's the son of God. Maybe oh, yeah. this is the son of God. A tree. And he's throwing rocks at trees <laughs> to save chimpanzees of their sins. That I mean, great. I'm Roman Catholic, so I'm allowed to talk about this stuff. Right, okay, okay. I'm not, so does that mean I should shut up? Or? Yeah, you're not allowed because okay. people will get offended. Right, I'm okay. allowed. I'll be very quiet about should it. Should we move on? Sex toy causes bomb scare. This is my favourite story and I've written my poem about it this week. So on Tuesday, bomb disposal teams were called to a video games arcade in a sleepy German town 
I'm not going to try and pronounce the name. And a member of staff heard a strange buzzing noise coming from the men's lavatory. So they called a bomb squad. Ofs. So they they evacuated the surrounding buildings, closed nearby roads, got all the people out. And after a brief search, the bomb squad found that the vibrating sound coming from the toilet bin was actually a discarded vibrating sex toy. A full criminal investigation is now underway with local police saying it's not clear who left the device there, but whoever did it, it certainly was intentional. What do you think? Well, I've got a couple of questions about this. Okay. Uh, one, did they do a controlled explosion on the sex toy? No, if they just so, lifted off the lid, apparently, and oh, right. saw it. It would have been great if they put that in some sort of concrete base and then exploded it, and maybe put that on YouTube <laughs> in slow motion. I reckon it would have gone viral. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other question I have is, why did anyone suspect that someone might do an attack on a video games arcade in Halberstadt. Well, apparently... Oh, you I did think, it. I you think I'm trying there. it. I know, I had he to. He got the name of the town. Well, apparently they have a lot of, like, unexploded bombs there from the war. What, and they'd be in they the discover, toilet, a video yeah, game? I don't know about that. And also, I don't know, do bombs buzz? Like, why was that suspicious? I don't know. Don't they tick? Well, that's it, I sort of wonder, what if someone's just calling you while you're on the loo? What if someone's tweeting while they're on the loo and the phone buzzes and then suddenly the bomb squad's at you? It's dangerous, this tweet in malarkey, this it social media. No, so it was, a, it was a sex toy. But they're saying, apparently, it was, someone hasn't just left it there. They deliberately turned it on and put it in the bin to see about the bomb squad's like reaction times and stuff. That's weird. I mean, maybe someone just didn't want to be found with a vibrator on them. Yeah, and couldn't work out how to turn it off. Yeah, because some of them are very difficult to turn off. I don't know if right. you have the, have you had this experience, Tim? No, I haven't. No, no. <laughs> why are they? Why are they not? Surely you'd have because enough- there's a tiny little button on some of them. I mean, tweet us if you have had a similar experience <laughs> at Samantha Baines. B-A-I-N-E-S. This strikes me as a huge design flaw. Yeah, there's a tiny little button and they have different modes sometimes. And sometimes it's very difficult to turn it off because you just keep getting different modes. So it's like, wow. bzz, 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 and then you press the button, it's like, bzz, and then you press the button, it changes. But so then, then we've got this bigger problem of unless companies that make these toys sort out the design, <laughs> then there could be bomb then scares be bomb all scares over. Everywhere. While, where people just can't stop vibrating. And it was in a video games arcade. You know, like maybe there were some people in the men's toilets and they were just experimenting with things, like, you know. I mean, how do we know this wasn't a simulating machine? <laughs> some sort of VR. <laughs> You know, maybe they were just trying to experience new things and they just got scared and threw it in the bin and you, ran. Is this like how with drugs, when people start with soft drugs and move to hard ones, people start with, with normal toys and, and kids' toys and then arcade games and then move to sex toys and then, a gradual yeah, progression? A, a toy progression yes, of the journey of life. Which makes me very worried about Toy Story 4. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so, um, thieves caught after posing for selfies with loot. These people posing for selfies, right. So a pair of camera-happy thieves were sentenced this Monday for a spate of thefts focusing on stealing cash from fruit machines. They're from Skegness, and they broke into fruit machines in a range of establishments, taking with them backpacks full of, like, £20 notes and pound coins. And the downfall of the plan was their love of photography. Um, And driving back from a day out, the thieving pair were pulled over by the police, and inside they found a huge amount of money, balaclavas and a screwdriver... But the most important piece of evidence were the photographs of the pair celebrating, <laughs> posing and grinning whilst on the job, breaking into fruit machines. 
This is amazing. And and the, I love this. The inspector said, we knew we'd hit the jackpot when we investigated these lemons. Ah, he's good. He loves a little pun, doesn't he? What he's do you think good. about that? that that's, that's amazing. I really hope, I mean, considering we've, we've got quite a few police cuts and things across the country now. If criminals just want to take selfies... It'll help, do it, it? It would really help. And in fact, guys, if you're listening out there and you're thinking of doing a crime, take a little pick. Maybe smile. Maybe do it, you know, from tilted downwards so it doesn't do the double chin thing. Yeah, you think know. Think about your profile. Think about angles. Yeah, definitely think about angles and lighting. Very important. Especially if you've got a jackpot with lights behind you. Yeah. That's you want to, um, yeah. Could Maybe, be unflattering. Yeah. I mean, is it worth, someone should set up a sort of Instagram for... Uh, I was just, yeah, like a criminal's Instagram. Yeah, crimstagram. There you go. It's perfect, <laughs> isn't it? And you just see people committing crimes. Maybe you have to guess where they are. That's insane. Or like isn't comment it? on it, interact with the criminals. Yeah, what do you, if you get it right, do you get, I mean, I, I worry that the prize <laughs> would be stolen goods, so. Yeah, I, do, I think that would be bad. But maybe you could just like interact with them, find out their motivations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, see how good their pounce are. I mean, just think about historical crimes. If They would have been so much easier to solve if someone had taken a portrait or got one of those yes. old cameras. Jack and the Ripper. Yeah, Vegas. just, yeah. <laughs> Just killed this girl. You shouldn't laugh about that. That's not no, funny. Don't no, do no, that. No. Please don't do that. I mean, robbing robbing a fruit machine is very different to it's murder. Very different indeed. Very different. Making indeed. a murderer. We all found out about that. So, um, pastors selling photos from trip to heaven. This is ridiculous. A South African pastor said that he spent Easter relaxing with God in heaven. Okay. Um, he says he can perform miracles, heal the ill, and um, he. Back in 2012, he even held a hostage at gunpoint on a radio station in the name of the Lord. Apparently, um, since returning from his trip in heaven, he's been selling photographs that he shot on his smartphone whilst in heaven for 240 pounds per print. Wow! What do you reckon? What do you, does it say? What's on these pictures? No. Is it just monkeys throwing stones at trees? Or? <laughs> We're in heaven, guys, with chimpanzees or whatever. <laughs> it's probably in the club in Covent Garden. You know, what's the... Uh... I think this is, like, he can't have... Uh, you know, I do believe that there is something up there. I don't believe that this pastor has gone and met him and taken photos. Surely he needs to be arrested. I mean, this is sort of... The, the thing is, if criminals He's can take lying. pictures with... I think we can go right the opposite end of the scale <laughs> and the most holier than thou should be able to take selfies I mean, well. yeah, if you can take a selfie next to a fruit machine that you're robbing... Yeah, Surely exactly. you should be able to take a selfie next to a fake god. Well, I mean, the thing yeah, but is... but this is bad because people are paying him money because they believe him and they think that they're getting a photo of God. I mean, this is my biggest thing because really, if he's got... Surely he should be uh, giving them away for free. Yes. To spread the word. Exactly. But they're probably pretty great picks. Do you think? I mean, I bet he hasn't used a filter or I don't think I could see any online. Maybe we'll look some up and see. Maybe we'll recreate one. And we'll see if we can sell it for £240. That sounds great. You can be God. All right. And so I'll I be the pastor. I need to grow my beard a bit more. Or... <laughs> no, I think or should I dress God's like a pretty tree trim. After I... I think he'd get a, you know, he's he's quite Shoreditch probably. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a beard. Hips to God. He uses beard oil. He's got sandals. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a fair play, isn't it? So we're going to spend some time recreating a God pick. Ladies uh, <laughs> <laughs> plus one. Poem of the week. Yes, it's Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, and my special guest, Tin and Duyeb. Hello. Hello. It's time for Poem of the Week. You've written a poem, haven't you? I have, I have. I mean, I'm written thrilled. is probably the wrong word for it. Sort of, <laughs> I threw it up on, on my notes. No, it's going to be brilliant. 
Do you want to? It's called spring. Isn't I've it? decided to call it spring because I, I didn't, I didn't. I, it'd be nice to have a really abstract name for it, but it doesn't have. You know, let's call it spring. Okay, I like that. All right, here we go. It's spring by Tin and Duyap. Springtime is much loved by flowers, birds, and bees, but not by me because when I go outside, pollen makes me sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I love that short, sweet. Yeah. Straight to the point. In and out. And funny, and rhymy. <laughs> Good. I liked it. Should, should it have had a better title? No, I loved it. Spring, yeah, that works. Sneeze, have you got hay fever? Uh, yeah, I, I feel it coming on. Yeah. Oh, well, right yeah. now. Yeah, right now. It's that tree that we uh, just stood by. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've, we've, we've tweeted a picture of us recreating a god photo. If you're interested, check it out. At Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. And you can also get Tin and Duyeb on Twitter. But your surname is spelled D-O-U-I-E-B. Yeah, that's correct. It's nearly all go. the vowels. All the vat, nearly. Not quite. Nearly, Come not on. Quite. Don't no. try and take them all. So my my poem this week is about a new story about the, the vibrator that they thought was a bomb. And it is called A Sexy Bomb. Here we go. Bomb disposal experts were on high alert, but no one in Berlin was going to be hurt. They were called to a video games arcade. A staff member was suspicious and couldn't be swayed. There was a strange noise coming from a bin, in their toilet no less, creating quite a din. The buzzing noise caused alarm, so they evacuated the place to avoid harm. The surrounding offices and buildings too, 90 people were moved because of a sound in a loo. The disposal experts stormed on site, ready to save the day if the bomb put up a fight. On lifting the lid, they discovered the error. There was no need for evacuations and no need for terror because, you see, it was all a ploy. Someone had left a vibrating sex toy. But it wasn't an accident, the police are sure. Who would leave a sex toy on the floor? More than that, who would leave it switched on in a bin? Letting the bin have some fun isn't a sin. They think it was a test of the bomb teams. A criminal is behind it. It's not how it seems. Did they for one second assume the gamers could be having fun in that room? Arcade gamers just play games one after the other and are far too busy to play with sex toys or each other. That's my poem that was great. of the week. That was brilliant. I, I really would like it if all the news was done like that. <laughs> would you? Yeah. And they just all, like Fiona Bruce, just like reading in rhyme. Yeah, and then at the end all the other newsreaders can sort of click. <laughs> Snaps, <Yeah>. girl. Snaps <laughs> for your po- Do you, Would they have to write them personally? I think so. I think that would be nicer, wouldn't it? As prep. So yeah. they'd get the news story ahead of time. Yeah. And then they each write their own poem. Yeah. Go home and write your poems, (laughs) news team. We'd all enjoy watching the news. I like that. Yeah. Definitely. Are you saying that I should be on the news? I am. I am saying that. I should own the news. I should definitely own the news. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you're just trying to make everyone topical and political. (laughs) You're like, Sam, join in. It makes it (laughs) easier for me if everything is. I've got more stuff to write about. (laughs) I love it. Well, maybe, you know, maybe you can use this skill in your stand up. Maybe you can write a news poem. Just, yeah, just do, I could just do all my stand-up as a poem. Yeah, I mean, I think you're doing pretty well so far. I don't need to give you any advice. (laughs) (laughs) But if you did want to do poems. It could be what I'm missing. Well, come on. This could be the trip to the Apollo. You're welcome. uh, Yeah. Baines plus one. Thank you very much. (laughs) Baines plus one. That is correct. Baines plus one with me, Samantha Baines, and the marvellous Tin and Duyeb, who's been amazing. Comedian, podcast owner, (laughs) political activist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like this new title. You have yeah. to put that in your Twitter biography. I need, I need a new business card. Podcast owner. Yep. I love it. Now, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been marvellous. But been before lovely. you go, I have to ask you about Robin Williams. 
you got to do a little gig with him I before did. the great man passed away. Yeah, I've, I do feel hugely, uh, hugely lucky that I got to. But it was it was really bizarre, uh, you know, very very random. Um, where it was a tiny little gig in West London in Kingston uh, called Outside the Box, which still runs on a Monday. It's brilliant, and. Uh, and I was meant to go on first, and uh, Zoe Lyons had to go on first because she had to run away. So um, Math Brown, who was hosting, said, do you mind going a bit later? I was like, no, fine. And then it turned out the middle section was uh, Al Murray, then Omid Jalili trying new stuff, and then a special guest. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And as Al Murray's on stage, um, suddenly these eight people all in black suits and shades all kind of walk in in a line. Oh. I thought, this is weird. And in the middle of them was Robin Williams. Uh, and, and we all backstage went... What's going on? And he, he came up to us and he spoke to all of us. He was so lovely and so friendly and asked about us all. And and I said to him, you know, I I, I've, I think I've got to follow you. I think I'm on <laughs> after you. And he told me this lovely story about when he had to follow a really big act in New York and then died completely because he wasn't as good. And he said, but I'm sure you'll be fine. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then he went out to this room of about 60 people and, and the compere said, next up, Robin Williams. And the whole audience started clapping and then saw him and went berserk they couldn't believe it they were obviously he, just like oh a man also called Robin well, that's Williams that's it that's it you know and you just sort of hear yeah they had no idea and and he he was incredible the, you know it was a tiny little room the energy was so electric it was wow. amazing and then actually following him was easy because the, the audience was so excited and so they happy they pumped they got sick yeah so it was um, so, but he had brilliant. eight security guards with him yeah well I don't know if they're all security they all I mean they all look they look like they're sort of like men in black they're all in black suits <laughs> and black jackets and oh gosh I, I think didn't some were management and stuff you know I don't know yeah they did have a, like a line of cars outside and yeah it was... wow like like the queen is visiting the gig or yeah something. but it, they were turning up to a funny little pub called the, the Fighting Cops in Kingston people, yeah the Fighting yeah, it's hilarious, isn't it? Imagine if you were in that audience. I mean, yeah. you got to perform with him and meet him. Amazing. But yeah. you'd be like, what? Yeah, well, it's lots of students from the nearby uni were, were in there and they just, you know, couldn't believe Went crazy. that this guy was on. So, yeah, I, was, I feel very lucky that I thought it was am- yeah. Amazing. So sad that he passed away. Hugely what a sad. legend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what have you got coming up next? Uh, a few different bits and pieces um, I've got uh, in the summer I'm not going to Edinburgh this year uh, because it is, it's a bit sad but I've got a good reason um, is that I'm going to be supporting Frankie Boyle on uh, <gasps> on his London dates which I don't think are announced yet so amazing so we won't, we won't tell you when they are but yeah but do check them. them out and I will be the act before him I'll be the <laughs> less well known one on the bill when everyone's arriving yeah that'll be that's it. yeah I'll be in the foyer checking your tickets no but that's that's awesome do you know Frankie have you worked with him before are you a fan yeah so I, I supported him last May on a series of warm updates for his uh, TV he did BBC post in the election post-mortem and I I supported him for about nine dates before that um, and it basically again quite lucky he, he d- direct messaged me on Twitter and just said I really no like your stuff way. do you want to support me and I went uh, yeah that would be brilliant he Thanks. sent you a DM yeah. on Twitter <laughs> I mean that's how I got you to come on this show as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. that's how I get all the good uh, opportunities Frankie Boyle DM'd you yeah that's amazing. So it's um. So yeah, I'm going to follow him now, just in case. Like I think that's, that's definitely the way because that's what I did. Think. All I think the comedians. It would have been so awkward if I wasn't following him, <laughs> and he'd have to send me a little message. Go, could you follow me back? So I can Mate, DM I need you. to DM you. Yeah, I just don't think I'd have. That's awesome. So, so it's great. Yeah. So. Are you are you a fan of his? Do you? Yeah, yeah, I am, and and I think uh, um, I've I've always liked his stuff a lot, but I think particularly in later years, he's got a lot more political. Yeah, his definitely. last show, which is just on Netflix now, which is is brilliant. It's really, really very political, and um, so in the last gigs I was going out, and he wanted me to specifically do twenty minutes about the election before he came on, and then did oh, perfect more political stuff. So yeah, it was really nice. And you're releasing. Um, 
something soon. You're stand up, aren't you? Yeah. So the last the show I did last Edinburgh is called The World's Full of Idiots. Let's live in space, and uh, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I like space. It's um yeah I think you'd like it. It's it's I mean it's a slightly sort of begrudging. It's about how astronauts when they look back at Earth they get a thing called the overview effect, and they often come back as environmentalists and and you know really all about caring and anti-racist and everything and my whole show is why do we have to send people to space to get that <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's quite sort of begrudging of humanity um, but it's going to be we filmed it in January and it's all been properly edited and filmed um, like my I have a previous show I've released uh, online called um, called This Isn't For You which is, is two quid online and we're going to do the same with this one which should be out in a few weeks time Awesome. So definitely, definitely look out for that. You can get him on Twitter, Tiernam Duyeb, D-O-U-I-E-B, and a website of the same name, dot... Co.uk. .co.uk. Yep. Definitely check that out. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show, Tiernam Duyeb. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely. Yay. Baines Plus One. I hope you enjoyed this week's Baines Plus One, originally recorded on Hoxton Radio. Please do share with your friends and on social media at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. And if you could please, please leave us a review on iTunes. I'd love you forever.